0: Welcome to Arrow's Angle podcast, a place for real talk about all things pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. We'll talk tricks and tips, interview the experts, and hear from you to help you prepare for your birth or navigate the tender postpartum time. Arrow's Angle is brought to you by Arrow Birth, a place for expecting and growing families to move from information overload and overwhelm to knowledge and success through our unique combination of documentary style, childbirth education, and one-on-one solution-oriented consultations. Making an impact is a priority for Aerobirth, so every purchase with Arrow makes birth safer through our partner Midwives for Haiti and our Improved Birth Project. Check out more on our website, arrowbirth.com. Let's get the podcast started with your hosts and Birth consultants, Tara Campbell-Lussier and Mary Stutzman-Smith. Hey, Jessica. Thanks for being with me. It's Mary here. And thanks for being on the Arrows Angle podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, of course. So if you don't mind, um, you are a part of Arrow and you're also a lactation consultant. If you don't mind just kind of sharing a little bit, you know, your name and kind of what you do and, um, and just share with us
1: kind of your experience. Sure. Um, So my name is Jessica Seipolt. I'm an IBCLC, which is International Board Certified Lactation Consultant. Um, I have a private practice in Northern Virginia. Um, And as you said, I am also working with you guys at Arrow to provide um, information about lactation um, for the moms and babies that are um, coming through the website. So that is me.
0: And we are very happy to have you a part uh, of all things Arrow because we know, you know, you get through the birth and then you have this baby and sometimes you don't know what to do. (laughs) So Yes, what do you do? It's nice to have somebody to reach out to and talk to. So um, we thank you for that. And I think today specifically, we want to just dive in and talk about um, a little bit about what to do and how to best prepare in pregnancy for breastfeeding. And I know that a lot of, um, pregnant couples or, and pregnant, um, people go through that where they're just, they know that, you know, they've heard about breastfeeding. They hear, they may hear good stories and then they also may hear really struggles with friends and, um, and they want to kind of prepare the best way they can. So, um, you know, and I, I know that in your experience, you probably have that similar question come to you. So, you know, what do you say to somebody that says like, Hey, how can I best prepare for breastfeeding while I'm still pregnant?
1: Yeah, it's a question that I get a lot. Um, it's something that people, like you said, have heard stories about, and they're nervous about, and they're not sure how it's going to go. Um, so my biggest thing to prepare um, ahead of time is to very similar like you do to childbirth. Um, I feel like a lot of times we are so wrapped up in having the baby that we're not doing a lot ahead of time to think about what we do after the baby comes. Mm -hmm. Um, So taking time in childbirth preparation to really think about like, Hey, what's going to go on afterwards? Um, And, you know, doing a little bit of research on that and doing a little bit of reading can really go a long way. So my biggest thing is just, you know, getting together information um, and reading and researching about breastfeeding. So the I think the hardest part of that is where do you find good information? Because there's plenty of information yes. out there that is contradictory. That's confusing. Um, different people are telling you different things. Um, so it's really important to know where to go to get good information. Yeah. Um, so, so where, where do off, you tell people to go? So there's actually a fairly good amount of resources, um, that we have online. It's just knowing how to sort of pick those out. So first of all, um, you know, getting in touch with, um, a lactation consultant and IBCLC, um, beforehand, um, they can do a history with you. Um, they can look at, uh, risk factors that you may have, um, that could possibly cause complications with breastfeeding. Um, if there's something that we may suspect is going on, we can do some things to prepare for that um, so that you're not sort of hit with it um, after the baby comes and, and blindsided when everything is sort of up in the air and confusing. So if you know that, you know, you have a risk factor for, let's say, low milk supply because of um, a history of certain things, then that's something you can prepare for ahead of time.
0: Okay. Um, just a quick, I know sure. that we can do a hypothetical. What would, what would something like that be like, like a thyroid or, you know, something like that yeah. or what?
1: Yeah, so certain medical, yeah. Certain medical conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've had, um, issues with thyroid, your thyroid at all in the past, mm-hmm. um, with uh, PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome, mm-hmm. um, and none of these things are like you are for sure going to have a problem if yeah. you have these things. It's just, hey, this—these are the things that could happen. Um, you have a higher risk factor because you have something like PCOS, mm-hmm. um, or something like low milk supply, and these are what to look out for so that we can catch this early, very quickly. Yep, early. Instead of having sort of like drawn out into, um, you know, the point where uh, we have a baby who's not gaining weight well or we are not pumping from the beginning because you need to as opposed to like, you know, somebody who has an oversupply who should not be pumping from the very get go. So got it. if you kind of know these things and you're already working with a lactation consultant, um, it can really help the plan because a lot of times – as a lactation consultant, I see people when they're already sort of like way down the hill and yeah. they have to bring you back up so if we don't go down that hill in the first place, it can be much easier to sort of keep you on track and keep you on the you know meeting the goals that you want to meet for breastfeeding yeah um, which is That's great super important
0: yeah, and I think you know yeah. when you kind of see it also as your preparation. Um, you know, you take a childbirth class for learning, um, uh, you know, how to go through the birth experience and hopefully doing that with arrow. We would love you to do that with arrow. Um, but it's a great way, you know, to kind of prepare for breastfeeding as well. So I think that's, that should be kind of part of the process if you can. Um, and then the other thing I usually mention with clients too, is, you know, just to kind of, um, changing your expectations about what that the first couple days look like and setting them and kind of understanding what's typical behavior, um, for Mm -hmm. breastfeeding in those first couple days. I think that can be very helpful as well. Um, so I mean, I don't, I don't mean to cut you off. I don't know if you had anything more other than, uh, kind of doing that consult or kind of check in with them
1: before. Yeah. It's important to know what's normal, um, in the very beginning because, a lot of times when, you know, like your mom is talking to you or your family or even your friends, even people who've just had babies in the last like year or so, when they're when they're thinking about and they're telling you about their babies, most of the time they're thinking about their baby when they were like, you know, maybe a month old, but more like about three months old, which yeah. is a completely different yes. baby yes. than a you know, 24-hour old baby, um, which does completely different things than even a two- or three-week-old baby. Yep. So it's really important in the beginning to know that whatever sort of birth um, that you have, that first hour afterwards is really important to um, make sure that you either get the baby to your breast, um, get the baby skin-to-skin with you um, or if for some reason you're separated from your baby to have access to a pump or mm-hmm. hand action and have somebody show you how to do that. Um, so knowing that that's important right away, um, can help again. Um, some, sometimes we have these sort of like cascade of interventions like we do with birth, you know, we talk about yeah. that. Um, so if you're not sure what's going on, and if you're not sure what's normal, that a baby should be breastfeeding right from the get go. Um, And then it's been, you know, six hours and you haven't seen your baby or your baby is, you know, totally conked out and isn't waking up, um, you know, that, hey, we need to get something started with this. So Mm -hmm. um, generally what we have is about the first hour, babies are a little bit like, you know, with a completely unmedicated birth, they seem to be more ready to go and ready to nurse and they're a little more lively. Mm -hmm. Um, If you've had a medicated birth. Um, they, you have, you have that time with them. It sometimes can just be a little bit shorter, Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes work with them a little bit more. And then Mm -hmm. all babies have this sort of period of sleep for a while, um, where they're all like, I was just born. I need a long nap. Give Give me a break. I need a break. Yeah. And it's really hard to wake them up during that time. So that's why that first sort of hour or two is really important because we want them to sort of like get with us and you know, like, hey, this is this is breastfeeding. Like mm-hmm. we can knew- do um, I, I, so when I always they- yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. I always refer to it as like the firing and the wiring. Um yeah, and, yeah. and so it's sort of like that circuit is like, oh yeah, let's just connect this. I've just been born. I just need to, you know, this is where, where I'm gonna be for the next um, you know, however long uh you breastfeed. And long it just time. sort of Yeah, hopefully, yeah. And um kind of just it kind of sets that um that I guess the ball rolling a little bit in their brain as to how to do it. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's important if you can do that now, not all is lost if you, if for some reason you can't, what
0: happens, like, let's say baby needs to go to NICU or you've had a cesarean where they have separated, you've been separated, you know, at that point, what would be the best thing for
1: breastfeeding? So access to your baby, if you can get it in whatever form possible. Um, if, even if that's um, going and laying a hand on your baby or that's, um, you know, in the OR, putting the baby, like, a little bit skin-to-skin with you on your upper chest and mm-hmm. having them um, do skin-to-skin in recovery, whatever that looks like, that's, that initial, like, touch is very important with babies. Even sometimes we think more so than actually, like, breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. Um, if for some reason we can't do that hand expression is actually found to be more effective in the first 24 48 hours than pumping hmm. um the only the only issue there that we seem to run into is everybody seems to sort of like know how to or figure out how to pump mm-hmm. um and not everyone is very familiar with hand expressing or how to do that or even how to teach moms how to do that got it um so if for some reason you're like, okay, there's nobody to show me how to hand express, but I, I do have the pump, having your hands involved in pumping. Um, there's some really great videos that I'm sure will have like links to resources and that sort of thing where you mm-hmm. can do hands on pumping. Yeah. Um so I like to call it like taking them out to dinner first. Mm-hmm. Um you do some massage, you um you really like you know, you don't just stick the phalanges on and wait for the machine to do its job. You really, like, help your body out. Um, mm-hmm. And that's – you're trying to make yourself, like, think, hey, I have this nice, cuddly baby because the pump is not cuddly. Yeah. So it started like that. And then um, you find somebody to help you. So contact an IBCLC if you ha- there's a lactation department in your hospital. Um, give them a buzz right away. Um, don't, you don't have to wait for anything – else going on. If you, if you don't have your baby with you right away, that is cause for calling a lactation consultant and, um, getting a plan to get the baby to the breast. Um, if that's what you would like to do as soon as possible.
0: Mm -hmm. Great. And the one thing I do want to mention too, is just the amount of time, uh, spent breastfeeding in the first couple days. Um, and I don't know if this has been your experience working with clients that have maybe run into some struggles, you know, a couple days in, um, that maybe just didn't know just, how often you are breastfeeding in the first couple of days. And it's hard because babies are sleepy. So you have the tendency to kind of push it off or say, oh, the baby's sleepy. They obviously don't need need food right now or they don't need um, breastfeeding. So first, I guess, let's talk about, you know, in terms of how much caloric Intake they need. So do they really need the calories in the first couple of days, or is this just kind of getting breastfeeding going? And then the second thing would be to kind of touch on just how what would what's normal for that time? Like how often are you breastfeeding?
1: Sure. So um in the very beginning, so we're talking first like 24, 48 hours, um, babies are kind of born with a little bit of padding. Um, so in the very beginning, the colostrum, which is what you have, is very small quantities. Um, And if you're pumping or hand expressing, you can kind of see that if you're, if you're breastfeeding and the baby sees the breast, you really can't see what they're taking, but it's very small amounts. Mm -hmm. They have very tiny inelastic tummies um, that don't stretch. So if a baby is for some reason taking too much, they usually just spit it all out anyway. um, But they really need to go to the breast as often as we can get them there. So we mentioned that like they have an hour and then they have sort of like this big nap. And then after that big nap, which can be, you know, maybe like six to 12 hours we're hoping is most, then they wake up. Um, If not, we try to wake them up and put them to the breast at least every two hours. And that's really for the first two weeks. Um, And then after two weeks or they've regained their birth weight, we sort of let them kind of do their own thing. Mm-hmm. The reason why so often, and I'm talking two hours from like, we put them to the breast, they, they eat and sometimes newborn babies, especially, um, and I'm talking the first two weeks are not so efficient or they're like, Hey, this is home. I would like to be here a long time. I'm learning to breastfeed too. So I, I'm not, you know, five minutes on there and done. Sometimes it can take 30 minutes an hour sometimes even a little bit longer than that and then we're going to start again with them as close as we can to the like two hours from the time we started so yeah that's a lot of breastfeeding (laughs) in terms of like logistics of things you're like oh my gosh when am I going to do anything else um so it's really important to have that expectation of it's really going to look like a lot of just breastfeeding my baby yep and doing the things like the things I need to do for myself that nobody can do. Like nobody can go up and use the bathroom for you, but somebody can get you something to eat. So you should not mm-hmm. be getting yourself something to eat. You should be using the bathroom or taking a shower and those sort of things. So your basic needs and everybody else, um, you know, let family members help you or let your, you know, your partner um, get you a drink, get your food and get that set up for you. Um, so help in the beginning um, It's your, partner, a doula, the hospital staff, whoever to help you with those things, because you really are going to be breastfeeding like all, a all lot of time.
0: Yeah. A- and, time. and, yeah. and that could, uh, ward off any sort of issues in itself, just the amount of breastfeeding, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. So the reason we do that is because we, you know, taking a look at babies, um, in their first month of life and, the babies who are gaining weight well, whose mothers have um, a good milk supply, everything is going swimmingly well. The the big difference that these babies had versus babies who weren't doing well is that they were eating very often. And so that's why in the first two weeks, we're asking you to wake your baby up and eat very, very often, um, even if it seems like they don't want to, even if it seems like they're, oh, I have such a good baby because they're sleeping well. The problem is, is that those babies who are sleeping really well sometimes can be content to just not eat Mm -hmm. um then we we don't gain weight as well as we want to and then we're sort of in a problem with supply as well Mm -hmm. so that's why we're like we're really sort of like hard on it in the beginning because you're putting all your sort of stock in up front and all all the investment is right there in the very beginning and then that returns later on for the basically the duration of your milk supply. If you can get that going in the very beginning, it pays off um in dividends, you know, all the way through um your breastfeeding relationship. So it's really important to get that off to a really good start. Um, And there can be bumps along the way and that's fine. Um, And that's why you need either like Tia consultant or or somebody there who's really like helping you figure things out in the beginning um, to say, is this normal? Is this not normal? And if it's not normal, what can we do to like get us back on track?
0: Yeah. That's so great. That's really, really good advice. Um, And so I think too, uh, just kind of, so we kind of touched on, you know, checking in prenatally with a lactation consultant. One thing we didn't mention is the difference in anatomy. I mean, we're all Different. So, some people yeah. may have uh, inverted nipples, and some people may. I, what I call when I work with clients, I said, Well, this is your nipples are like bottles. So, you know, bottles to the nipple. So, breastfeeding will probably be easier uh, for you yeah. if you have uh, an, an anatomy that is just easier for the baby to latch on. So, um, not that you can't do it if you've got flat or inverted nipples, but you, the challenge, there may be some more challenges, and there's, there are even tools that can be helpful. Um, if you've got, um, you know, uh, uh, just, uh, more of the flat or inverted nipple. So just, can you talk a, a little bit about anatomy and how that plays into breastfeeding? Sure.
1: Yeah. And like you said, every, I've not seen two breasts even on the same woman, the same, um, yeah. or even nipples for that case. So, um, yeah, there are some breast shapes, sizes, nipple presentations that, cause um like the sort of cross cradle boppy hold to not work for you Mm -hmm. um and sort of that's that position that we see you know all the women in the magazines are holding their babies yeah you know sort of like across their chest and that really doesn't work for all sizes and shapes and and nipples it it really just doesn't so um if you have somebody to see in the very beginning even before you have your baby, um, to say, hey, you know, your breast shape is so that um, n- this hold is probably going to work a lot better for you than that one. Mm-hmm. Or see how your nipples are pointing um, more down to the floor instead of straight out, then we need to have your baby, you know, sort of down and over this way. And then they can mm-hmm. have an easier time latching on. Yeah, so that's sometimes great. it's positioning. Yeah. The other thing is with nipples, like you said, some babies will go breast that has an inverted nipple and they have no problem whatsoever. And other times, um, either because the tissue um, is not elastic or you have true inverted nipples, which means if you sort of like pinch on your areola at the nipple, the nipple doesn't avert. It actually goes further in. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if that's the case, um, then there are some tools. There's um, a thing I like called latch assist um, or supple cups. Um, It's basically just like a little suction cup um, that you can put on your nipple to help avert it. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes if you don't have one of those tools, um, then you can even use a pump um, to sort of like help avert the nipple, Mm -hmm. get the baby latched on. And a lot of times what moms find is if they do that a little bit from the get-go, the tissue will, you know, sort of free up and become a little bit more elastic or the baby will get a little bit bigger and stronger and they can do that themselves. And so you don't Mm -hmm. have to use those things the whole time you're breastfeeding, but in the very beginning, they can really make a big difference.
0: Yeah. So that, yeah, that's great. Sort of like stepping stones to get you where you need to be. Um, And I'm, and I'm correct, your nipple... Uh, shape will change with breastfeeding so that the baby kind of acts to draw the nipple, you know, the first, uh, you know, just, um, you know, the first couple sucks really is the baby really pulling that nipple really further back in their mouth. And so that they can get, um, you know, all of those glands to um, secrete milk. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's, That's important to know that your, your breasts will no longer look the same even (laughs) after breastfeeding for,
1: yeah. Yeah. And even like, you know, and so the, well, that's another thing, you know, if in pregnancy, you should see breast Mm -hmm. changes, right? So you should see, um, breast changes as they're getting larger. Um, you'll usually have some soreness. We should see your areolas darkening, um, that area around the nipple. Um, so, that that is another risk factor. If you're not seeing any mm-hmm. changes, so if you're not seeing any changes, um, you definitely need to see somebody to um, rule out things like insufficient glandular tissue (IGT) mm-hmm. um, and other things. To you know, say like, hey, I might have this. I might have this issue going on. I didn't see any breast changes at all. Um, can we talk about what I can do um, to either? redefine what breastfeeding is going to look mm-hmm. like for me or keep a really close eye in the beginning because maybe we have these risk factors, but you have plenty of milk. We just need to keep an okay. eye on it. So um, all, all those things in pregnancy are, are something you can um, talk with um, a lactation consultant about to really um, determine if there are going to be interventions that you're going to need in the very beginning. Perfect. And we
0: do offer uh, those on our website with Jessica. So you can reach out through her um, with her and and connect with her. Um, I don't know if there's anything else. I wanted to kind of keep this short and sweet so people can um, move on with their day, but is there anything else you want to add? I think it's really great. I think it was really helpful to kind of touch on the things that were important in pregnancy uh, for breastfeeding.
1: Yeah, I think that's that, that's it. The the other thing, the only other thing I want to say is to you know to try to find your tribe, mm-hmm. really, um, find other people um, in your sphere that are supportive of breastfeeding because that is a determining factor in um, like mom's success that's with great. breastfeeding. Um, if you don't if you don't have anybody in your sphere, find those people. Go out and search for those people. Um, a lactation consultant can help you um, get in touch with those, like other people, support groups in your mm-hmm. area. Even that online. But, you know, yeah, even online, you know, um, finding good groups to be a part of, um, supportive groups that give really good information, um, can be really, um, a determining factor in your success. Yeah, and the- so Having that, having that support. Yeah, the is classic
0: good. La Leche League meeting is perfect. And you can even do that in pregnancy too. That's yeah. a local uh, meeting that you can join. Uh, usually they have them in your area. And they, I think it's um, LLLI, right?
1: Yes, L-L-I. .org. Um And then there are also online La Leche League meetings yeah. now on Facebook and stuff. So um, there's, really sort of endless opportunity. Yeah, they really are just, I think the big thing is having someone to help you to navigate the good, the good stuff and then not so good stuff. So um, that's why either a breastfeeding class or a consultation um, prior to your baby being born with a lactation consultant, um, they can help steer you and say, Hey, here's some really awesome Um, resources for you, websites, groups, here's some groups in your area, and get you set up with all those things that you need. Perfect.
0: Well, thank you so much, Jessica. You've been very helpful, and I know a lot of people will get a lot of good information from listening to this, and we thank you for your time. All right. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: I'm sorry, no matter, no